Well, folks, in the five, almost six years of this show, the only guest to have scored a hat trick for the guest seat on KookCast is this week's guest, and for damn good reason, Matt Warshaw is our sports historian and archivist. Author of The History of Surfing and The Encyclopedia of Surfing, they have since been melded together to form the ultimate online resource for your surf history and knowledge, which can be found at eos.surf. Working at it alone all these years with only the assistance of a few individuals and their part-time help, it's proven to be a massive undertaking and it should be considered a required resource for beginner surfers and the oldest salts alike. He recently launched the 2.0 version of the site and I cannot encourage you enough to at the very least sign up for a membership, but also consider an additional donation. It's a registered 501c3 nonprofit, by the way, so if you got some extra end of the year monies you'd like to keep away from the tax man, or you simply value the history and culture of surfing, head over to eos.surf forward slash donate. We kick off the episode discussing a recent article published by The New Yorker titled, Can't Tell an A-Frame from a Poo Stance? Try the Encyclopedia of Surf. There's a link in the show description if you want to check it out. We talk about the new site a bit and wrap up with Matt's kooky story. Well, thanks for listening. Here we go. Um, okay, so let's get into it. I, I want to talk about that article, The New Yorker, super recent. Um, and my first question is, I was reading it and I was like, wait a minute, is this the first surf trip in a decade or first time surfing in a decade? Because I remember we talked about this before, like, you know, how surfing kind of became less of a an important right. thing in your life but you did mention like oh here and there kind of when and you know for me body surfing or even boogie board you know just playing in the water would qualify right. so it does what what do you what happened is that, that, def- got, that, that the first thing in a decade got played up a little bit certainly no i've i probably surfed um six or eight months ago but I was born and raised, you know, in LA and I still have family in Manhattan Beach. And so when I visit down there, my brother, my best friend, everybody's sort of on the beach and, you know, if the weather's warm and I can, the guy I went to Fiji with, he's got a whole, you know, a garage full of boards and lives right on the beach. And if, the, you know, the weather's warm, I, I call up Mark and I go, let's go surf. And I'll go out and like, I'll just pick a board and go ride three waves, even if it's terrible, just to see if I can still do it. So I do that pretty often because I just want to like, I've used this analogy before, like I think New York cab drivers, I don't know if it's still true, you get a little medallion. And even if you don't want to be a cabbie anymore, you have to like go do a couple trips or something a year to keep your medallion so you can still be a a taxi driver. Yeah, I feel so like I've it's heard like that. I got to go out there and get it three waves every few months to feel like I'm still a surfer. Keep your medallion, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but keep my medallion that way, but... Um, uh, I think this was the first time in 10 years that I've specifically like said, I'm going to go somewhere and surf, you know, a lot. And so, yeah, you know, it was, but I, I you know, it was, it, it was, uh, so yeah, it was my first surf trip in 10 years for sure. And I, you know, EOS is just, I love it, but God, it's time consuming, you know, and to take a week away from it, like I did and go, uh, just pull up and just go sit at an island in Fiji. Although, you know, even there I was working a little bit, which is, unf- I'm, I'm ashamed to even admit that. But, uh, you know, I, for the, 
it was the first thing in the morning was, is this, what, what, what's the surf going to be like and what am I going to do as opposed to um, what's my work schedule like today? So mm. in that case, it felt like a surf trip. Totally. Yeah. It still changed things up. One thing I did want to ask uh, right off the bat and, and also recognize, is this the same Mark that you work with to build the site that went on the surf trip with you that you surf with? Because I noticed no. the spelling is different of the marks, the C and the K. No, Mark with the C, who I went on the trip with, is is my best my best friend since we met in high school. Right, in dissecting the seventy seven. Yeah. Okay, so Mark that's not your K. partner in, in Encyclopedia of Surfing. No, it, but it, it's funny because I've they're, they're both uh, they, they're they're fairly similar personality types, and I've kind of wondered if maybe I, you know, I wanted to be with or work with these two guys. Cause they, they do have, they're fierce, They're similar in that, uh, um, both of them without meaning to just sort of tend, tend to bring me down off of my kind of, uh, I, I can get so, I get stressed so easily and I guess sort of get pan. I, my default is to sort of panic about stuff and Mark Auger and Mark Theodore both seem to lower my temperature mm. just being around them or talking to them and stuff. So I think that there's something there. They're, they're similar, but um, not the same person. Well, um, so the reason I was asking is because, you know, it, there's often this unseen person that actually deserves so much more credit than they, they get or want, really. You know, they're often super humble and they just are happy at doing what they do. Right. So I was kind of curious about Mark that helps you. You know, obviously, Mark, your friend is... Um, just a qualified character and, and proven himself for years and years since, you know, since grade school for you. But right. t let's talk about Mark and, and because I do want to uh, talk a lot. I want the listeners to understand you've been at this with Encyclopedia of Surfing for over 10 years, right? And recently... Well, there's sort of two, there's sort of like these two, there's these two lines. The, the website just turned 10. Mm -hmm. But actually in September, and I forgot, I was so busy with this rebuild that I forgot to even mention it. At some point I go, oh my God, the site's 10 years old now. I can't believe that. But the book started in, um, the book, I think I, I sold the book to um, Harcourt, I think in either 99 or 2000. Right, so that's... The book version is a lot older. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then and then more recently has been just your, your upgrade, um, something right. I'd like to know more about too, like... And, and as somebody who's kind of built my own site and, and I'm not a website builder, <laughs> I know how, not either. how difficult yeah, that is. It's very um, oh my God. overwhelming. It's, it's, it's difficult and it's so boring. <laughs> yes, it's like yes, it's yes. So, so it's like uh, people want to, I'm sitting here, the, the new site just went up and the, the 10 year anniversary just happened and people and I, you know, and those are both accomplishments, but having said those two things, especially with the rebuild, man, if I start, you know, you let me start talking about the new, uh, the new, the new robust search page or all of the metadata I added or all. And that's like, I'm going, I'm boring myself just even bringing it up. There's the, the, the new site. Um, at some point, I think it was summertime. It, first of all, it's so late. It, I thought it was going to be eight months to you know, take it off the WordPress platform it was on and move it to our new one. Mm -hmm. And it's, it was two years, you know, it was, it's so insanely late. It's ridiculous, but which in a way is almost poetic because the book was supposed to take me um, 18 months to write. And I think it took four years to write. Mm -hmm. So late, 
is kind of my brand almost. Well, no, you know, you know I feel like I can, I can, um, well, what's the word? Not justify it, but I can, I can at least empathize with you because I'm a classic, you can ask my audience, a classic underestimator of time. And I will load my plate up with jobs for myself because it all looks so right. wonderful in the, you know, the front, the picture, which is, right. isn't that funny, a classic thing that surfers do as beginners. You know, like, oh, just it's so easy, you just do that and ride the wave and there it is. But right. actually the undertaking to get to that level, it's so much deeper and harder. And so here we are, we're doing the same thing with website building or book writing, right. you know, and we're like, oh, okay, so it's only going to take me a year. Wrong. It's going to take four well, times it's, that. It's also, you're probably optimistic like I am. Like I just want to, I want to say to myself, maybe, you know, both of us, you want to tell yourself it's going to take a year. That just, it makes it easier to start projects. True. I mean, if somebody had said to me at the beginning of the book that it was going to be four years and that the big advance that I got, which I thought was big at the time, you know, once you take that advance uh, and cut it and divide the it advance, four times. I was thinking of it in my head. It's, this is like this is my paycheck for 18 months work. Right. And once I divide it into four years, right. all of a sudden I'm back down to making what I made at the surf shop when I was a kid, <laughs> you know, or less or something. Right, right. So it's your way of kind of like subconsciously tricking yourself into beginning. I, I, maybe. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I can I totally know. get on board with that theory. And then it got it got compounded because Mark Ojay, the other Mark, my my partner on EOS, he's like that uh, with all the tech stuff. So we have two of us doing the same thing, and neither <laughs> one of us is checking the other to say, "Are we sure we can?" And he's going, "Yeah, we can do this in eighteen months." I'm going, "Bitch and unreal, let's go." And so you know, here we are. One of the big achievements of even getting of getting the site up uh, was that there's four of us that work on EOS. I'm full time. Mark, my the the development the tech guy is uh maybe half time and then i have two people that also work um just loading stuff into it and uh there's two things i was proud of we never had a zoom meeting which i'm so happy i just i never wanted to and i didn't make it a, it wasn't like a thing i said we're not gonna i just we just ended up never having a zoom just a lot of emailing but all four of us and it was pretty stressful for the about the past eight or ten months because we were so late and i'd made so many promises to the subscribers and people who follow EOS like hey we're almost there and it was like literally we'll be there in three weeks and then like the three weeks just kept moving yeah and that went on for months and it was embarrassing you know mm -hmm. and, and uh but but the end of it nobody there was no there was no fights there was all this good humor we stayed together the four of us and um I don't think I could have done that you know 10 or 15 years ago but because of these people I'm working with, it was great. It was like the experience was like, I never want to do this again, ever want to rebuild a, a website. But if I had to do it again, I would want to do it with these people. And that's so I was I was pretty and I just thought I just had that thought like, you know, two weeks ago when it was about to go up. And, and, uh, and I said that, you know, I don't want to do this again. But you guys were so great. So it was a good team thing and I'm generally not a very good team player but these guys made me one so uh, that's great well coming back to the whole partner thing you know like the right people makes all the difference in the world but uh, absolutely you, you, you so you mentioned a little bit about what you're proud about and that's kind of that was one of something I wrote down for myself is I wanted to hear what is some of your really proud points of the site specifically or maybe pages you want people to go check out because what I really want to do is get people curious interested to go check right. it out um, not just because you know, I'm constantly preaching to my listeners. One important aspect of being a surfer and a good surfer is knowing your history. 
you know, and understand. So look at this here. I want to show you something, Chris. Are we, are we filming? Yeah, we are. This, yeah. So can you see this post-it note? Yes, can I can. Number seven, six qualities of a good surfer knows a little surf history. Excellent. So I listened to, I listened to that six qualities podcast this morning and I'm, and I'm listening to it and I'm going, I was just going, God, I know, I kind of knew they were going to say, you know, etiquette and weather. And I kind of was with you on all these things. And I'm going, come on, Chris, tell them, tell them that number six has got to be certain. And I go, okay, that's okay. It must have been number seven. They just didn't quite get there. So, um, but the, it's a funny thing when people ask me about encyclopedia surfing. It started off as just, um, I took the book, Encyclopedia Surfing, and made it a website. It was a pretty simple. And then, you know, that was 10 years ago. And then two years after that, I put this other book. So two years after that. So first it was, you know, his, this Encyclopedia of Surfing, I made it a website. And two years after that, I took the other book, History of Surfing, and added that onto it. Mm -hmm. And I just kept adding parts to it. So the website Encyclopedia of Surfing is now like, I don't know, eight different areas apart from the A through Z encyclopedia part. And I have this thing called the Sunday joint. It's the newsletter that comes out every Sunday. And the point of the Sunday joint was just supposed to be this like, uh, Hey everyone, here's what just went up last week. Mm -hmm. Straightforward. I just posted these pages and the Sunday joint has kind of evolved into this newsletter thing that I think has become the reason most people now, not most, but a lot, you know, like the site in the first place. It's me going back to writing, which I haven't been doing much of. And um, for a thousand words, and, and the purpose is still sort of the same. I'm trying to get people to go to the site, but the joint is me, first person, talking about almost anything, surf, non-surf, that will allow me to sort of go back and forth between art, surf, path, surf history, and today. And, and that's I think that's the whole sort of reason why EOS exists um, is um, is the sport is incredible, and I, I don't. Nobody needs me to tell them that, but I, I do sometimes think that we forget what makes it amazing, and it's 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 the ocean, it's the difficulty of it. I, I think I think the fact that surfing is so hard is underappreciated. The fact that you can't just do it, you have to, you can't just sort of go out there on schedule. You got to do it on the ocean schedule. And all of the things about surfing that I love so much have to do, I think, with it being different than any other sport, difficult, and something that you have to, you don't have to, but you benefit from being sort of tuned into all these things pretty, you know, sort of all the time. You have to kind of commit to it. And that's the way it's always been, you know. You're looking out at the ocean, which by itself is incredible. You're going into this environment that isn't, uh, that most people I think aren't comfortable in or most people don't appreciate what it means to do that. Mm. And it was that way from before any, you know, before, before any of us knew what surfing was. People who were surfing in Polynesia were feeling that same, I think, attraction to it that, I want to believe we still do today so that, you know, the history isn't just there for me to remind you that this happened and this person existed and that event took place. If you can bounce uh, what people were thinking about or feeling or experiencing 
50 or 150 or 1,000 years ago off to what's happening today, I think that makes the experience uh, resonate a bit. And I think it makes it uh, more understandable to us. And I think we get more appreciative of it. And I also kind of think that it cuts against quite a bit of what we're seeing, how surfing is being presented to us now as a competition or as a thing that you go sign up for at a wave pool, all these things that I have a bit of a problem with. No, the point is, the beauty of it is, the uniqueness of it is that we go to the ocean and do it and it's a struggle. And at the end of the struggle, it's incredible. <laughs> you know? So that's the thing, if, 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 I can, if I can not say it in those many words, but kind of suggest that with the Sunday joint and with what's in the Encyclopedia of Surfing, and I think I do on my good days, then that's the that's that's what I'm proud of, you know. Absolutely. I so I, two things are striking me there. Uh, you know, first of all, Sunday Joint. I've said it before, speaking to you in the podcast. I love it. And whenever I'm with, you know, it comes through or it's up at the top of my email, uh, and I'm with the surfer, I'll, I read it out loud. Uh, I'm a big fan of it, and I, I just like Thanks. the relevance. It's it's from the heart, you know. It's it, you just wrote it. And I'm actually very curious, I don't want to digress here because this is more my personal curiosity than maybe the listeners, <laughs> but the time it takes to write something so, like I wonder, does that just ooze out of you and you can just spill it out in 15 minutes or do you take a long, because whenever I have to write my emails, man, it takes right. me forever to write a couple sentences and I'm like, no, 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 backspace, blah, 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 blah. You know, and I, I have a, a, something I want to strike and I know when I've done it, but it takes me a couple of tries sometimes. And, and just the way you write so consistently every Sunday, that, that burning hot joint comes into our hands and it's just so, like on many levels for me is a pleasure to read. And, and, and one of them is just the fact of the surf fact and history melded with relevance to today, you know. I'm a really slow writer and I always have been. So again, when I did history of surfing, I was writing about 750 or a thousand words a day. That was my whole day's work. That's not much, mm -hmm. you know, the joint is usually a thousand words. And, um, I was once at the Florida surf film festival with, um, Chaz Smith. He and I both had adjacent rooms from beach grip and I don't know Charlie that well. And I don't, I, we're friendly, but I, you know, he's a mystery to me as I think he is to just about everybody, totally. you know, <laughs> but I, he, 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 he's much nicer, easier to get along with person than you might think from reading the, the insanity that comes out of his stuff on beach grid some night, some days, but we went, and I'm never quite sure if he's being Charlie or Chaz, cause those are sort of two different people, I think. And <laughs> I, I feel like I'm usually sort of with Chaz, Mr. But, Charlie uh, and Dr. Chaz. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. So we're at the Florida Surf Film Festival. We go out to lunch and um, and I get there a little bit after Charlie, just the two of us. And he's he's, you know, he's about halfway through a, a Greyhound. What, what a Greyhound is what is it? Vodka and um, grapefruit juice or something. Um, and I sit down and he, he went through three more of those at lunch. He was kind of on vacation. Right. Yeah. And he doesn't she didn't show it. He didn't seem hammered, but it was three drinks at lunch. And the older I get, the less I can drink. I, you know, at this point now, I'm, I have one glass of wine or one cocktail a night, and that's it. That's all I, and Charlie's just slammed three of these things. <laughs> I drive us back to the place. I always have a nap after lunch, not just because I'm old, because I've always done that. <laughs> and so he, 
<laughs> he and I walk up this uh, this little the place to where our rooms are. And I go off to my room and I go, what are you going to do? He goes, oh, I'm, I'm just going to go hang out for a bit. And I go take this nap. I wake up like 20 minute nap, wake up, made myself a cup of coffee. And in that time, Charlie in his condition went in and wrote a whole beach grit column. It was literally maybe 45 minutes. Wow. You know, and it, and it was just in that usual voice and, you know, think what you want about him. He's an incredible wordsmith, right? Mm -hmm. I'm just re reading this going, what the? I just, I just fell asleep, had a cup of coffee and you did a whole thing. And it, 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 uh, it really actually d depressed me. Cause I go, I, I, <laughs> I will never be able to do that. I can't. So the Sunday joint to finally get around to asking your question used to take me an afternoon. And these days, cause I also do the, I got to pick the pictures and do that little grid of the photos mm -hmm, at the top mm -hmm. and everything. It's pretty. It's gotten up pretty close to two days to 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 write it and then uh, and then add the links and then do the photos, and then I always have to call my wife up. She's an editor to make to to edit it, you know. So it, I've said it's this newsletter that kind of ate my website because <laughs> um, I probably should be creating pages instead of just doing the work the new the, the Sunday Joint newsletter, um, but it's become so popular. It's really almost like the, again, the newsletter is the, is, is the thing now, you know, the newsletter gets more people into it than anything else. And I also really, really love that I've gone back to writing. And even though, um, and at 63, I feel like I've, I've finally found a voice that I like that I can settle in. The voice I used for history of surfing is pretty good. The voice I used to use for some articles I've done for surfers journal, or surfer, some of it's okay. The encyclopedia voice is very just condensed, and but the Sunday joint voice and the early joints I did are really me. You can see it, me fishing around trying to figure out who am I going to be in this, mm. and I finally found uh, a voice that I'm happy with. So I'm always glad to go get to it. But I go, well, there goes there goes the weekend. You yeah, know, yeah, more yeah. Or less, so. Well, yeah, I think it's an important thing to do. You know, like you said, it's that it's that little bait that kind of pulls people. So can people subscribe to it without being members of uh, Encyclopedia? Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. Um, everybody who's ever been a subscriber to Encyclopedia, even if they're subscriber, even if they cancel or their subscription expires, they keep getting the joint because I'm kind of trying to thirst trap them into coming back, mm -hmm. right? So there's all those links in the joint. Right. You know, I just keep sending them. I keep thinking, well, someday they're going to click a link and go, oh, my subscription expired. Right, so, right. Of course. But I, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure yet if people can get the joint um, without subscribing, but you could subscribe and then cancel and not pay anything. And I think you keep getting the joint. Well, I, what I was getting at is, why don't you just let anybody subscribe to the joint, you know, and, and just like you do when try to win people back over. Well, so, so if you go to, if you go to the, I should have said this, if you go to EOS, um, most of the site is behind the paywall, but the joint is not. So mm -hmm. you can get the joint for free on the, so I should have said that up front. You don't need to subscribe and get the newsletter. I put the joint, I also put a joint. I also take a section of the joint and put it on Facebook. So all your grand, so your grandparents, can see it, you know, but, um, <laughs> um, now something else you said in, in, while you were answering the question about some of your proud moments, uh, is, was just discussion, uh, talking about how difficult surfing is and, and actually enjoying that. And now I don't want to taint your answer, so I'm not going to give you mine first, but something that Evan and I have been talking about, 
um, is what does it mean to have soul? You know, we talk about these like style and soul are those very difficult to, you know, put your to articulate, you know, right. and because it's also subjective in a way, there really is no right answer in a black and white sense. So, you know, we've been attempting and we haven't released these episodes yet because I think we've done two now attempts at defining it and then coming back to each other and be like, oh man, what about this? What about this element? What is soul? What is it to be you know, a soul it, surfer or not a soul surfer? It's funny that that word was just starting to come into huge use when I started surfing in 1969. Soul, I can literally go to this data, the database, the big, I don't know if you can see behind me, there's all these magazines mm -hmm. and I've got every issue of surfer and surfing and, and I databased everything before I wrote the book. So this is going back to 2000 and you can, I can go in, I can type in soul and see it just starts to pop up around the time I started surfing mm -hmm. and the word. So I'm going to kind of punt a little bit and say to me, the word has been so used and overused and commercialized. Like, you know, how many, so at first it wasn't actually even right from the beginning, you would see advertisers picking up on it saying, Hey, our company has soul and they don't. Mm -hmm. So right away, the, the word's getting kind of perverted and, and commercialized in a way that it almost doesn't mean it's like got that Mona Lisa quality to me where I, you see the Mona Lisa so often you forget why it was great in the first place, you mm -hmm. know? And so my answer is um, I don't think about that. I never use that word too much. I don't think uh, myself, but I do think it has a lot to do with the absence of any commercial or profit making thing that whatever you're, you know, that the soul for the, the soulful pursuit means that you're doing it not because anybody else said it's cool, not because anybody else is trying to sell you something. Um, um, and that it somehow feeds something in you that uh, has nothing to do with, um, you know, sort of building something or, or create, uh, not building, uh, again, not, not trying to commodify or, I don't know, get ahead anyway. You're just doing it because it's going to sort of level you out, I suppose. Yeah, well, I sort of anticipated that kind of answer from you because especially in your position and having been in the industry so much, just like you said, that's the word that's easy. First of all, it's not very defined, you know, no, or ever was. Right. So it's very easy to pervert and to use it right. and to take it and to say like, yeah, we have this. And you can't say, no, you don't. Because like, right. how do you define it and say, no, they don't, or yes, they do. Yeah, there's some, there's probably other words that I would come up with that would sort of push me into a slightly different direction. And again, I, I'm thinking like, again, when I think about soul, because I'm cynical and probably I'm just more tend, I just sort of tend to be more of an eye roller, I think, than you are, Chris. But I remember I've got a magazine here, a surfer magazine from probably 1989 when I was working at Surfer and we did an issue that I'm so embarrassed about. It was called like the soul surfing special edition issue, you know, and what I remember about it is the, the cover of that issue was something that our art director, he had just started learning how to do stuff. This is 89, I guess, where you could start designing in um, on a Mac. But it wasn't very good yet. Like the the the, the, 
So he wasn't, he wasn't, we weren't, he was just making this shift from doing things on artboards because that's when I got started at Surfer. Everything was done still on artboards with actual, you know, photos. And you, and it was a lot, it was just a different world than what design was becoming just as I was there. So the soul surfing issue that Jeff Gerard uh, designed was done on a computer using this new program. And it just looks, you know, his heart was in the right place, but it just looks shitty. It looks like somebody <laughs> who's just been sold a new computer and an art. And, he, and you know, and the, the word soul is kind of in this funky script that he was able to choose from whatever, you know, the four <laughs> scripts that you can. And so there we were, you know, there I was saying, oh, we're going to do this soul issue. And so I just, you know, it's not, to, it's, it's kind of the cringe is kind of personal on that one, you know, for mm-hmm. me. But, and the whole idea of two, you know, being a, professional soul surfer which just means you you know you weren't gonna you didn't make it on the tour or whatever and i remember tom curran saying to me once i interviewed tom about this and uh he this is sort of in the middle of his or near the end of his whole thing with the the rip curl search remember you know which Mm -hmm. i don't know if that's still a thing for them but again that's rip curl saying okay well tom's not on the tour anymore so we're going to build a whole new campaign about him you know, searching for ways. And that basically, that's another way of being, show us how soulful we are. Because the mm-hmm. tour in the late 80s would become like, God, there were like fucking 35 contests on the schedule. And all the, most of the events were held in terrible ways. Like people complain about WSL right now. And, you know, I've been telling people for so long, hey, you have no idea how bad this can get. Go back and look <laughs> at what every weekend, another contest where the finals were held on a Sunday afternoon at a beach break because they were near a parking lot. It was so much worse. So Tom Curran turns his back on that, goes off on the search and that's, and I was saying to Tom, you know, oh, that's so great that you did that. And, and I go, what do you think now looking back on making money from surfing and contest? And I thought he was gonna say something like, yeah, man, I'd rather, I'd way rather go off and be doing all, and he said, I'm so tired of, because if I never have to travel again and I don't wanna, he's just being, he felt like a performing horse. He was just being told where to surf and not only being told where to surf, but you've got to make a movie and make and pretend how groovy it all is. And, mm. and he said, you know, I don't want to travel anymore. I'm done. And he said the most honest way to make money from surfing really is to compete. Everyone knows what you're there for. Like he goes, he goes, I liked, he goes, I liked waking up and knowing that my job was to go win a contest. Mm-hmm. Didn't mean he didn't also like to go surf Rincon, but he liked that it was all up front. My, right. my job is to get up, go beat five guys on the way to the final and win the contest and take the check. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he goes, this whole thing, this grassroots thing, and he paused and he goes, I like to call it grassroots. And I'm kind of rolling my eyes at his pun. But he, you know, he was just saying, he was sick of this whole thing about selling people this idea. Right. I... Of, you know, and so the, for him, that like the notion that we just keep competing seemed, I think this word was, that was the most honest way I ever made any money in surfing. Yeah, I can, I totally see it. You know, I mean, especially, I don't know Tom Curran, but through just articles and reading and, and, you know, getting a little glimpses of his character, he seems like that kind of guy, like just be transparent about it. Like, Hey, I'm here to make money. And for me, that's the most honest, like, you know, the most soulful guy there out there are are, arguably, or the most, you know, the way he serves, the way he's, the way he looks like the most sort of soulful. And then you have not to sort of pile on, but you know, Jerry Lopez who was like sort of synonymous with soul, right? 
And, you know, he's just out there. He's always been flogging stuff. He's always been, you know, uh, lightning bolt flip flops, lightning bolt jewelry, um, Costco surfboards. Like, yeah, yeah. And I've always just went, wow, look at Jerry. Like you are bulletproof, man. Like you, you, you are Mr. Soul. And then here, you know, here you are with your custom signature flip flop and your Costco boards and everything. And we're all going to just, everyone's just going to overlook that. And yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying it's wrong. I kind of respect the hustle, you know. He, we every he's got to make money too. But meanwhile, he's just sitting in his in in full lotus, and we're all supposed to think that he's, you know, he, he's anyway. So I kind of dug that Tom Curran said the most honest way I made money was just by competing. I wasn't trying. He wasn't trying to fool anybody by that. So, but Chris, you and I mentioned at one point, or maybe I'd said it to you before, like you know, I guess so. To flip it a little bit, it always feels sort of. I don't think of it in this word, but. Uh, over Thanksgiving, I was in Manhattan Beach visiting my family. Have you ever been to South Bay, Manhattan Beach, that area like L.A.? You know, mm -mm. That's, I grew up down there and just a lot of somebody recently said that El, El Porto, which is right next, which is part of Manhattan Beach, is the worst wave in California, which is not true. But just to let you know, like that's, you know, it's just crappy, crappy, mostly closed out beach break. Yeah. And I'm down there in my hometown, Manhattan Beach, and it was 81 degrees because that's, you know, that's the way it often is in Thanksgiving. And for months now, there's been no sandbars. It's just closeouts as far as you can look up and down the beach. And I'm walking on the sand with my wife and kid. I put my foot in the water. And it was pretty cold, but it was gorgeous. It was offshore, hollow closeouts. <laughs> and I was wearing shorts. And I said, I, I, and I just took all my stuff off, took my Fitbit off. I got to get in the water. And I just left them there. Jody, was, Jody and Teddy were running around. And I just ran out. In my, you know, in my, my, not my trunks, my shorts, jumped in, gas because the water is about like 67 or something colder than I'm used to. And I got over the cold and I just rode six waves, body surf six waves in. And I was so stoked. Like, you know, so uh, I wasn't trying to impress myself. I wasn't trying to impress my family. I just went, went out, got six waves, uh, angled into a few little tubes and left. And, so I'm telling you this now, so maybe I've maybe I've corrupted it by um, even sharing the experience, but <laughs> that felt great, you know, yeah. and that felt, I guess, if I hadn't just done, said what a um, what a used up word it is, I guess I would have to say that felt like a soulful little experience. Yeah, I, right. I definitely and felt I felt good about it that day and all the way into the next day. Totally, and and I was what I was going to say is just I feel like the soulful surfer we don't know who it is because that's that's you, their that's right right yeah they're and, not and the talking people, about it they're not making a stink about it they're just exactly. going surfing and and so right. that's that's that that's a big element of soul right but um well matt i don't want to keep you too long but you know how i love your kooky story give me a slice yeah. of that humble pie and uh let it let it rip i moved up here to seattle in 2011 and a friend of mine said oh you got to call up these other guys i know who surf up there they'll take you down and show you the ropes and, you know you they'll show you where to surf i'm three hours from the beach um but i met this guy uh jeremy who i just had dinner with last night i'm friends with him you know here it is 12 years later and jeremy said i'd love to let's go down there he he, he actually had he just bought a little a-frame place down in, in westport and uh Westport is not a gorgeous, like it's, it's kind of a funky little, uh, 
uh, beach area down there. The coast here in Washington isn't like a really much of a destination. It's kind of foggy and cold. And but Jeremy's got this beautiful little A-frame. We drove down there. I'm so happy to be with this cool new guy I've just met a few weeks ago. We're going surfing. The forecast was good. We unload the stuff at his A-frame. We put the boards in the car, head down to the jetty. And uh, I've just met this guy, I, I, but I, you know, I want to go out there and make an impression. I'm the new kid in town. I, and I, and uh, I don't want to you know, embarrass myself and, and everything. And so, I, but I'm kind of excited. The surf was good. And I sit on Jeremy's ta tailgate and I'm looking at the surf, talking to Jeremy. And I pull up my suit pull it up and I realized at age 50 something, you know, that I was already the foremost surf historian, whatever I am, I fucking put my wetsuit on backwards. <laughs> and so I'm just standing there like, and Jeremy looks at me and he didn't even say anything because he was being polite. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I just sort of turn around, peel it back off. And I don't know, you know, it, you probably haven't done this in a few years, but when you peel it back off, then you got to, so you know, right he's standing around you. waiting for me to surf. <laughs> And I, he's got to wait for me because I put my my suit on backwards. So anyway, that it never it never ends. You're never going to not be um, a kook, really. Somewhere, uh, somehow, it'll happen. <laughs> just yeah, you're right. You're just sort of counting down. It's like uh, it's like the Simpsons where it's oh like, yep, uh, I knew. I, how did I know you were going to say that? <laughs> how many days since I've been a kook? You know, seventy five days since I've been a kook. I feel like I feel like I have to like Photoshop that scene from the simpsons and, right. and turn it into how many days it, since we've been a kook and they're putting the number one up and then like oops right. yeah, all right was, back yeah. to zero <laughs> um oh great yeah it's it, 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 more so now these days like i feel like the, the kooky part just comes from uh you know stuff that you'll do just not surfing necessarily but i can i also can kook out pretty regularly just in life but, you know, I think your, the point of what we're talking about here with the coop cast and is, you know, the truth is nobody cares except yourself, unless right. you've really, you know, unless you've ran someone over, unless you've <laughs> literally caused harm. Right, um, right. Well, we no, wouldn't call that kooking it. We'd call that straight up running them down. Right. That's, a, right. that, yeah, that's then, an accident. That's more, it's like <laughs> or, the fine line between kooking and, and assault, right? Um, right. So I try right. Not that's to, the word. Right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, cooking it is harmless and something you, we can all learn to be right. better at uh, little right. by little, but never perfectly. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs>